We appreciate you being here online in worship with us on Facebook or YouTube, here in person as well. And uh, that song that, that Tim wrote is just so perfect for the series. This is week three. Next week is going to be the final week in this series. I've loved it because it's so interesting how you can look at just real life stuff that we take for granted, but it applies so well spiritually. With that in mind, the big, uh, I guess, physical renovation concept that I think applies also very well spiritually is that it's got to look worse before it can look better. And this is so true. If you've done any home project at all, you don't go from looking okay to looking amazing. You go from looking okay to looking so much worse before it looks better. You, I hope you've experienced that. If you've not, oh, you will for sure. And you know, uh, with that in mind, uh, there's a big, really important sporting event tonight. And be, when I think of this sporting event, the Super Bowl, I always think of the team that I love and wishing they were there. And I'm hoping and praying that worse comes before better. I really am hoping because if that's true, if worse comes before better, then we're about to build a dynasty in Cincinnati, guys, because it's been many years of worse, and I'm hoping better's on the horizon. I could have actually put a Kentucky Wildcat basketball jersey on. We're not going to go there. That's too, too soon, too soon. The wounds are too fresh. Um, but Sherry and I will say it's got to get worse. It's got to look worse before it can look better. We say this all the time when we're doing any kind of home project. Uh, just recently, we simply just cleaned out a closet. That's all we did. And the goal was to pull everything out of the closet, figure out what's going to be thrown away, what's going to be kept, what's going to be reorganized, put it back in. We filled our entire bedroom with the stuff in this small closet. How did all of that stuff get in there? And you know, it kind of took two or three days and that was our mantra. It's got to look worse before it can look better. And so hopefully you have seen this and it certainly applies spiritually as well. In order to get to a newer you or a better you, or dare I say the you that God wants to create, you may have to get messy with the current you. And I say may, and that's being conservative. Most likely, it's going to get messy currently in order to get to the good stuff, in order to get to the you that God is forming and shaping and creating. Going back to the physical realm, even if it's just a simple project as painting a room, it seems so simple, right? You're just putting a coat of paint on. You would think all you got to do is pick the color, pour the, open up the paint can, slip a brush in, and just start going to town. But oh no. Oh no. You've got to pull all the furniture away from every wall. You've got to take down everything off the wall, which reveals some things that you didn't know were there. Because somebody hung some other things, and the new things they hung covered up the holes of the old things that used to be hung. So if you're like me, I can't just let that go. I've got to go get some compound. I'm going to spackle those holes, wait till that dries, sand it smooth. And then after you've done that, if you're not sure you're going to have a good steady hand with that paintbrush to do the trim work, you're going to get painter's tape and tape the trim work, tape the baseboard, tape the ceiling. And then you might be able to start painting. And when you look at that room, you're like, wow, what a mess. And you've not even started painting yet. And I think that's such a good vision of what your life and my life looks like. If it's getting messy, that might actually be a good thing. 
Because that means God is at work. It means he's about to not waste that mess, but use it somehow to do a new work in your life. But on the other side of that coin, you might be fighting against any kind of mess happening in your life. I like things to stay the way they are. I'm in my comfort zone. Things are cool. But what if you're settling for the you that you are when God has so much more he wants to do in you? And through you. This could be true. So I feel like the Lord has been really pushing me towards the book of Hebrews in so many ways lately. And as I was reading that, this passage has just really become one of my favorites lately. I want to read it for you. It's Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. And here's what it says Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. I love those names for Christ. Other English translations will say the author and the finisher. He's the beginning, he's he's the end, he's the start, and he's the conclusion. And this is so important for us to remember. It goes on to say, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I love how it concludes that thought. How it concludes that word picture. It's like I'm saying all this to tell you. That there's going to come times in your life. When you're going to feel weary. And you might be tempted to lose heart. And God is saying to you. God is saying to me. You are in a process. <laughs> Hang in there. Don't grow weary. Don't, go, don't lose heart. Hang on to faith in me. I am the author and the finisher. I'm the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. And I'm doing a work in you. And I'm reshaping you and I'm recreating you. The word picture painted here is, as you can imagine, it's a race. It's like a coliseum with this track. And it says that, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You want to know who that is? Just go one chapter earlier in Hebrews 11. And it goes through this list of Bible hero after Bible hero. They were really just ordinary people that lived extraordinary lives because they believed in an extraordinary God. But people like Abraham and Moses and Noah and Rahab mentioned in Hebrews 11. And then when it shifts gears to you and me... In Hebrews 12, it says, Now this great cloud of witnesses is in the stands of heaven, cheering us on while we are running our race. And they want us to run it well. And in order to run it well, it says this in verse 1, Let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us throw off everything that hinders. Here's the thing. You and I are sometimes running our race of life as if we're wearing a hazmat suit. Can you imagine running an actual race, and someone says, and you're going to have to wear this hazmat suit. I don't know if you've seen those. It was like wearing a big bubble. And you got to try to run fast in that. And here's the thing I think about when I think about that. You may have gotten used to hindrances, but if you work with God to remove them, get ready for a game changer. Imagine if your entire life you've been running in a hazmat suit, and someone finally hands to you a pair of track shorts and some really good running shoes. Try this instead. Next thing you know, you're like, man, I am flying. I feel good. It is free. This makes sense. 
I didn't know it could be this good. What a game changer. This changes everything about running to be wearing this instead of this crazy hazmat suit. There's a game changer that could be in store for you that you aren't even fully aware of. But if you begin to connect to God and pray to Him and surrender to Him, He may reveal to you a mess that He wants to create. And when I say mess, it's time to remove that and throw it away. I'm going to have to go through the closet of your spiritual life and figure out what's all there. And some things don't need to be there. They're cluttering your life. They're holding you back. And you need to throw it off. Uh, think, thinking about a game changer, I got a silly example of this. Uh, a little less than a year ago, I swapped cars with my daughter Molly. She lives in Louisville, and her car had been kind of breaking down a little bit here and there, and it just didn't feel very reliable. We didn't want her driving that in Louisville. So I gave her my rusty van instead, you know, slight upgrade, and she's driving that. But when I got her Sonata, the worst thing about it, and I did have to do a little repair work on it, but the worst thing, frustrating thing about it was the garage door opener that I inherited with her car. It was horrible. It would work about 1% of the time. And, you know, like any other normal human being, I would pull up to my garage and I would sit in my driver's seat and I would hit that button, hit that button, hit that button because it's going to eventually work. And I would sometimes think, well, maybe it's a light touch. Like, click. Nope, that didn't work. Hard press. No, that didn't work. But it would work. Like I said, no kidding, about 1% of the time. But it was that 1% of the time that kept me still trying to use it. And I put a new battery in it. That didn't fix it. I reprogrammed it over and over with the main little brain that's in the garage. That didn't fix it. I researched new ones on Amazon, $30. That's a lot of money for a garage door opener. That works 1% of the time because I'm a cheapskate. So no, we're going to keep doing this. But I finally, finally caved and bought a new one, and it was a game changer. Because before, I had to actually get out of my car sometimes and walk up to that keypad, punch in the key code, close the cover of the keypad, get in my car, wait for the garage door to completely open and pull in. And that was just a horrible way to live, guys. Especially if there was a drizzle. So finally, I get that garage door opener. And you know how it is when you've had, you've kind of put up with something that wasn't great for so long and you finally get something better? It was awesome. Like, I could hit that button but right as I'm pulling on my street and I can see my garage door opening way before I even get there. And I'm like, this is the best. This is awesome. And now I take it for granted because I've had it for so long. But for that moment, it was so new. And I'm like, this is a game changer. This is so much easier. This is so much better. And I know that's a silly, silly example. But what if there is a game changer God has waiting for you? And you don't even know how good it's going to be. You've been putting up with something that is a hindrance. You've gotten so used to some hindrance in your life. And you're just like, well, this is just my normal, I guess. But what if it's not? What if that's not what God has in store for you at all? He's got something new, something better that he wants to move you and shape you into if you're willing to surrender to him. If you're willing to let him be the owner of your life, as we said the past couple of weeks, and you instead be the subcontractor. You do what he says. You do things his way, his time, and you wait on him, and you do as he leads and guides you, rather than dream up your own dream or settle for the dream you think you're living. What if there's a game changer he has for you? One of the verses we've looked at the past couple of weeks, I want to read it for you again. 
you could almost say this is kind of the theme verse of this whole series, is Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, my favorite word in this verse is the word workmanship. And, and uh, the New Testament of the Bible was originally written in Greek. So the Greek word there that is translated workmanship, it's one of the good, yummy, juicy Greek words in the New Testament. The actual word there in the Greek is poiema. And every now and then you encounter one of these Greek words in the Bible that, that God inspired one of the authors to pen. And you're like, wow, there's almost not one good English word that encapsulates the meaning of that word. This is one of those words, poiema. You could put an Eng this English word, product, and that doesn't cover it. But yeah, that's part of the meaning that there is a, a product that has been, something's been produced. You could use the word creation. But you know, we kind of throw that word around a lot. Creation literally means something that has been created. And I don't think that fully encapsulates this. But you start getting into a word like craft. You are his craft, his craftsmanship. Now you're getting close to what this word is really all about. Or masterpiece. Or work of art. That's what the word workmanship is about. It's this thing that God had a vision for, that he began designing and creating and shaping. And that's who you are. That's literally who you are. I hope that at some point today you'll look in the mirror, and maybe you look in the rearview mirror when you go out to your car if you're here in person, and that'll be your moment. I want you to see yourself in there and say, you, Bill Clark, are God's work of art, his masterpiece. You are his creation. You are his craftsmanship. And I'm not saying that so we can all have the warm fuzzies and all that. I mean, that's kind of nice. But remember what we're talking about today. It's got to look worse before it can look better. You are in progress. You are under construction, if you will. There are things that God is still doing. A good way to think about this, when you look at workmanship, poema, you are his woven together tapestry, except you're still being woven. You are his chiseled sculpture, but he's still hammering away at your life. That's what he does. You are his carefully constructed home. And maybe it's getting framed up, but there's still a whole lot more dust flying around right now. You are his work of art. But you don't know what the next swipe of the brush is going to look like, what hue it will be, what direction the brush will swipe in. And that's when you and I just have to be in the hands of the designer, of the masterpiece maker, of the one who has the vision for what he's creating. Why would I fight against that and instead try to paint my own portrait of what I want my life to be when he already, before he even created us, had created us for his workmanship, for his good works. He already knows the plans he has for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. This is his desire for you. If you're here today 
If you're watching online, listening online, and you're alive, and you're breathing God's good air, God is not done with you. You are a work in progress. Doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, where you're headed, what your age is, he's still working on you. He's still chiseling. He's still brushing strokes of his color in your life. And you know what? It's going to look worse before it looks better sometimes. It's just part of the process that he's doing in your life. And so here's the next step I invite you into today. We talk about a next step every time we get together and open up God's word together. And the next step I invite you into is to actually come before your designer, your creator, your masterpiece maker, God himself, and ask him this question. What mess do I need to let you create in my life in order to get to my game changer? Something needs thrown away. A hindrance that you've gotten used to that's been holding you back. It needs thrown away. Uh, an inventory of, of your life might need to happen where everything about it's being pulled out into focus and there's this inventory. What needs to be thrown away? What needs to be reorganized? What needs to be kept? What needs to be actually put into action? Perhaps there's holes that need spackled in your life. Perhaps there's a preparation time. You don't know what's going on, but things are getting messy right now. You don't know what's going on, but what God is doing is he's moving furniture ahead. He's taking wall hangings off, and he's getting ready to do something completely different, completely new, and you don't know exactly what it is. But don't run from it. Trust in it. Believe in him. Surrender to him and see what he's going to do. I was tempted to make a list of all these examples of messes that God might want to make in your life. And I could do that. But I don't want to drown out the voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart right now. Because something tells me, if you're like me, when I hear messages like this and I read passages like this, immediately God starts speaking. Oh, did you hear him say, throw something away in your life? How about you throw this away, Bill? He whispered it already in your heart. You probably already know the things that are hindering you. So why not start today letting God make a mess of your current life so that you can become the beautiful masterpiece that he already has envisioned your life to be? You don't do it. He actually is the one that does it. All you have to do is let go. Surrender, trust, and do the last thing he told you to do and then do the next thing he tells you to do. And watch what he does in your life. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, we come before you, our designer, our creator. And Father, Lord, there are those who are watching and listening, those who are in this room, who can actually see the mess that is happening. And they've been wondering, why am I going through this mess right now? But Lord... You have reminded them that worse comes before better. They just need to trust in you. You're chiseling. You're renovating. There are others. Father, our life seems pretty cool. But we're, 
We've gotten used to hindrances. In fact, those hindrances have become things we don't want to let go of, oh Lord. But Father, I pray that you would reveal to us when that's true. And that you would open our eyes to the things that are entangling our lives and help us to cast it aside so we can run fast and run free with you. The author and finisher, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, oh Lord. Help us to surrender. Help us to trust. We do this now in the powerful name that is above all names, the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you all for worshiping with us today. And listen, we want to hear from you. If you took some sort of step of faith today, maybe you're like, all right, today I'm surrendering like never before. Or today I'm throwing something off, a hindrance that's been right there. I'm, I'm throwing that off today. Man, we, you need encouragement. You need people praying for you. So just let us know by texting next step to 77411. Let us know that.